Welcome to the Dangerously Divine Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Loren, entrepreneur, life coach, and your new spiritual bestie. We dive deep into all things feminine magnetism, mindset, and empowerment. Prepare to unlock your full potential and activate your feminine gifts. If you're an ambitious woman who's ready to stop playing small, step into your feminine power and claim a life beyond your wildest dreams, then you're in the right place. So go ahead and And turn turn up the volume. You're about to hear juicy stories, inspirational advice, and transformational tips that'll help you up-level your life and align with the divine goddess within you. More self-confidence, freedom, and abundance are all just a play away. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Dangerously Divine podcast. My name is Rachel. I am a feminine energy and magnetism life coach. And today I am joined by Jillian Romero Chavez of Clara for Daters. She is a female tech founder and dating scientist. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, as someone who has definitely struggled to maintain my balance when it comes to feminine energy, um, this has been such a really wonderful opportunity to come here and talk to you about it and then how I'm bringing or how I'm helping my feminine energy kind of get unlocked using Clara for Daters. Yeah. So for those people that don't know, Jillian and I connected through my podcast launch party. And I say that because we didn't actually meet. I'm so sad. Um, (laughs) But she had heard about the podcast launch party and was really interested in meeting all of the women that I had at the event and in, you know, networking with me. And we started following each other on Instagram pretty soon after that. I think there's a lot that we can learn from each other here. Yeah, I think, I mean, what you do is amazing. I love everyone in this space. Your launch party was great. Uh, let's let's back up a little bit before we get into what Clara for Daters is. You could talk a little bit about you and about the idea behind this app and why you started it, what it is. Um, yeah, so my background was auto. I So taking it really back, um, I would consider myself a late bloomer when it comes to dating. I've always been super driven. Um, I was the oldest growing up in my family of um, five children. I have tons of cousins. I'm the oldest in the Latina family with like lots of cousins everywhere. So being ambitious and really focused on my studies was super important. Um, so I didn't date a lot in high school and college. Like I just didn't, I was really focused on my studies, maybe had one boyfriend during college um, and just wasn't prioritizing it because I was really focused on what I was doing at work and then in studies. Um, after college, I joined um, into automotive and really succeeded in automotive on the digital side. So data and digital operations. And that's something that I've been super, very comfortable with my whole life. Um, I tend to lead on the anxious side and we have a lot of anxiety around different elements. And what I found in auto, which is a really high intensity industry, that really sitting in the data and reviewing data allowed me to have some clarity and calmness in an industry that is very high and intense. And that's where I really succeeded and grew very quickly in auto because I was able to bring that kind of um, realness and reality of what was going on as opposed to what everyone felt was going on. So at the end of the month when men were like, and it was mostly men in auto, but everyone was like, oh my gosh, we haven't sold enough cars. There's not enough leads being sold. There's not enough leads in there, whatever. I would go in and I show them the data. I said, no, you have the traffic. You're just not working the leads, right? You're cherry picking the ones that you think are going to be a better deal. You're not actually digging into the other ones. They're there. You got to work them. Um, so that was my career and I loved it. And at the end of the, that tail end of my eight year career there, 
I was um, in a relationship with someone that I thought was going to be the love of my life. Um, he was probably my second boyfriend of all time. Um, and um, unfortunately, I found out that he wasn't. He was actually cheating on me the whole time we were in a relationship. Um, yeah, and I was devastated. And he had every intention of proposing. There was an engagement ring in the sock drawer but and, and leading this double life. Um, but I felt very blessed that I actually found out when I did. Um, and that was the, the trajectory, the precipice, the big thing that happened that shifted my life completely. Because at that point, I was, um, I was 30, 31. I was around that age and I was like still really wanting to be in a relationship and get married and have kids. And I was terrified to start dating again, just absolutely terrified. And that's kind of where Clara for Daters came about. But that was my story in terms of how I got there. Yeah, I think you said it best that like it was a blessing that you found out when you do. And it it's all too common for women to go through situations like this. And if mm-hmm. we can just empower whoever's listening to this episode or just women in general, that like it's okay to choose yourself. It's okay to walk away. You didn't do anything wrong here. Like, mm-hmm. and sometimes we have these like really shitty feelings and it's hard not to like nitpick every single detail of like, where did I go wrong? And it's like, this has nothing to do with you, like you're a, you know, wonderful person. It has to do with like the other person and their, you know, own insecurities or whatever they're going through. So I love that you took it as a really positive experience. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't always, didn't always <laughs> feel that way. Um, and also I loved that when you were telling us the story of the automotive, you were like, I'm an anxious person. So looking at data helped me. And I just want to mm-hmm. like note to everyone listening here is that we can recognize things about ourselves And we don't necessarily have to change them all. Like sometimes we are who we are. And I think I kind of got wrapped up in this when I first started my like healing journey where I would pick everything that was wrong with me and then be like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I need to fix this, 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 and this. And I just love that you said like, yeah, I'm an anxious person. So looking at data helped me calm down. And I'm like, yeah, like that's what we should be doing. We should be Mm -hmm. identifying like certain triggers and then ways that we can, you know, just either release it or let it go or like, you know, like learn about yourself a little bit more. Don't, on, don't constantly try and like change yourself. I just, uh, I, I wasn't even planning on talking about that, but like, I just love that you said that. Yeah, no, it's been, um, for me, anxiety has always kind of been there. And yeah, data has always been the thing that kind of shifts me back into a calmness that I can kind of review everything in a bigger way. Um, but there's so many people who deal with anxiety and unfortunately dating is like one of the bigger things that makes us even more anxious. Right. And it's a hard, I mean, it's literally something that we must do. Like we want to be dating we want that human connection is important. We know that human connection is important. Meaningful connection is important. If we're straight, you know, that connection with a man is important. Um, but in general, having, putting yourself out there with new people and trying to create meaningful connections can be a very high pressure, high anxiety place. And that's where dating is just some people, I mean, and I struggle with this. I go on dates and then I'm like, forget it. It's too much. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Let me yeah. revert back in cocoon in my, you know, female group of lovely people and just not think about it anymore. But again, then I miss the meaningful connection. I miss the physical connection, all of those things. And that's something that if I want this, then I'm going to have to keep working on it like a muscle, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Like a muscle. Yeah. Because at first it's uncomfortable and it hurts and you're sore and whatever. And then mm-hmm. eventually, you know, you build up that tenacity and you're, you're fine with it. So why don't you walk us through what Clara is? I downloaded it. I have a little personal story to share because I'm obsessed. And I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, so... Clara is not a dating app. What is it? How, how would you describe yeah. it? 
Okay, so yeah, Clara for Daters is not a dating app. So going back to my story and I had to figure out how to start dating again, I was very anxious, obviously. I was extremely anxious that one, that I was gonna choose the wrong person again. And I couldn't deal with it. My heart was not gonna be able to deal and fall in love with the wrong person again. I knew that was, a, was I just couldn't have that as a possibility. So I started being really intentional. I started writing everything down, like how I felt after the date, my mood going into the date, all these things. But the problem with me and journaling is um, I actually tend to focus really on the positive after each thing, and I don't look at the negative, and I don't call it out. And that's that's something that my brain automatically does. So if after I go on a date and I come home, and I really just write out all the positive things, and I completely gloss over any red flag that I see. So it was a problem. The, the journaling was a problem. I was like, no, how do I get back into like what actually happened? And then that goes back to like my background in data. And I'm like, okay, well, what if I actually create a formula where it's questions, but they're yes, no. So there's no maybe, there is just, you know, yes or no in these things. Um, and that's when I started reaching out to different psychologists and kind of asking, okay, well, if I were to write this, how does this work? So to give you an example, this is how it would work. You go on, you're going on dates and you're dating. So again, it's not a dating app. You're not meeting anyone on Clara for daters, but maybe you're using Bumble and Hinge. Those are the two ones that I'm using. Um, you're also meeting people in real life. You're meeting people at the bars, all those different things. So say you go on a date on Tuesday and it's a guy that you meet on Hinge. Um, he's nice. Like he looks nice in the profile. Um, not necessarily like hot, but he, he looks cute. Right. And you're excited to go on a date with him. Um, so you go, it's Tuesday. Your mood is a little not like the, the bubbliest that it could be because it's Tuesday and you have to get up at 7 a.m. to go to the gym the next day. So you're like kind of thinking about that in the back of your mind. So it asks you, Lily, when you're on your date, how was your mood? You go on the date, um, you notice he's nice, all these different things. He's, he's nice. He asks you good questions. He's nice to those people around you. It's a good date. But you also have a date scheduled for Friday and the guy from Friday, he's a bumble guy and he looks like really hot, like his picture. So you're like already starting like to to not think about Tuesday guy and really focusing on Friday guy just because his picture is like really a good picture. And maybe, maybe he talks something about traveling. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so in alignment with this person. So anyway, Tuesday night guy, it's done. And then he asked like, hey, I'd love to you know, see you again. But you kind of leave it open-ended because you want to see how it goes for Friday. So you actually don't like even, you know, focus on this guy. You're like, um, maybe let me, I'll let you know kind of thing. Because maybe Friday goes amazing, right? So you go on the date with Friday. And your mood going into the date is great because you don't, you're not going to the gym till like 11 o'clock on Saturday. So you're going to sleep in. So you're like, I'm already in a good mood. It's Friday. I'm going to have a margarita. It's going to be good. Go on the date. Um, and you know that like he showed up a little late, but then you, but then he told you it's because he got caught up at work and at work he was, he's really ambitious and that's something you're attracted to. So you're going to leave whatever. And then, um, you noticed he was kind of rude to the people around you, but it was because he said he was hangry. So, you know, you get it. Men hangry, you know? So whatever. At the end of the day, he kind of, um, you know, he gave you a hug. You were hoping for a quick peck up, like a kiss or something, but it didn't happen. Um, but he seemed to, I feel he might've been into you. You couldn't really tell. You were hoping the whole time, like, was he into me? But I couldn't really tell. Um, and then, and then he didn't really like, we left it open-ended on if he was going to see me again or not. So whatever, I'm going to go home and hopefully he texts me, right? So all weekend I'm waiting for the text and I'm blowing off Tuesday night guy too, because I'm like hoping the other guy's going to text me and maybe he wants to like go for a walk on Sunday because he liked me so much, you know, like pop hopefully, but it doesn't happen. So Sunday night, you're like, okay, well, I have Clara for daters now. Let me go log these two dates, right? Let's be accountable to what happened because I just told you my feelings of what happened, but what really happened? So you go on, on Clara for daters, you log the guy from Hinge and it asks you your questions. How is your mood going into the date? As you remember, my mood was kind of off because it was Tuesday and I had the gym the next day. So already you're like, okay, well, this is a data point that I probably should pay attention to. Ask you some questions. These are the questions that I developed with psychologists. Was it obvious that your date was into you? 
Yes. Um, was he respectful to those around you? Yes. Did he ask you questions about yourself? Yes. You go through all the questions. He ends up scoring a 10. Now you have to remember, you weren't even going to go on another date with this guy. And you're kind of blowing him off. So there's one like data point that you just need to pay attention to. So then you go and log Bumble guy on Friday. Same questions, right? You knew your mood was going in. So you already gave it a positive, right? It's a weighted grade at this point because your mood was positive, right? So think about mm, that weight that yeah. you already gave it. Yeah. So then you go through the questions. Was he nice to those around you? There was no option. Like he was hangry. There's no option. It's either yes or no. There was no C. He's hangry. No excuses. Um, was he asking you questions about yourself? No, he talked a lot about himself. He didn't really ask me any questions. Was it obvious that he was into you? Well, no, he still hasn't texted you back, right? Like, or texted you to, to make plans. So you go through that and you actually see a lower score, right? So now you have data. You had feelings of what all occurred, but now you actually see I had two things that, that this is two experiences that happened and I can actually review what happened, not what I was feeling, not those butterflies, but like what actually happened and maybe consider going on a second date with a hinge guy. Now I'm a dater. I'm literally dating. I went on, I think like 12 or 15 dates in the last month. Like I have been going on dates and some of my dates in general are, some of them are double like second, third dates, but some of them are a lot of first dates. Now I did this with, um, I was dating a guy back in February when it first came out and it was definitely, it was the hinge experience. Like he was, he was scored a 10, but I wasn't sure that I was going to go on more dates with him because I wasn't sure if there was chemistry. But then as I kept going on more dates with him, I felt more and more chemistry about for him. So it was like, the questions that Clara would ask me on, was there a quality about your date that you found attractive? And I was like, yeah, he had nice eyes. And then let me tell you something, Rachel, as you keep going on dates with someone who's into you, get more and more attractive. Like it's oh, very yeah. attractive to be wanted and like to be desired and like see those things, obviously. Um, but part of Clara is helping you determine that and shift that behavior in your own who you're choosing. So you recognize a relationship, a connection that feels good. And then you recognize a connection that making you feel more anxious and not so good. But that's kind of how it works in a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, and it's so fun too. So I, when Jillian and I got on the call before this one a few weeks ago, or I think it was like not even a week ago, actually. Um, I, I'd never downloaded the app. And so I did it right then and there. And we gave me a little bit of homework to go on a date, find a guy, whatever. And I'm on dating apps too. Um, and yeah, I, I use the app and it's so fun. It's like very gamified. So it's not like a chore, like these journal apps sometimes can feel like, oh my God, another journal prompt. I don't feel like writing about this. Like, it's just like too much. And there's parts of our subconscious that like, maybe we don't want to unlock in like a full journal prompt. So that's my like beef with journal prompt apps. But okay. with the Clara for daters, because it's all yes or no questions, you're just able to like, so simply black and white, put it out there. And yeah, you get that score at the end. And it really, really makes you think like, yeah, it helps you hold yourself accountable. You're like, oh, I thought, you know, I liked the Bumble guy more, but if he's leaving me feeling anxious and he has a lower score, then you're not really able to like make up those excuses in your mind. So yeah, yeah. I just went on a date with a guy on Christmas. I was cooking dinner at my house and I was like, you know, I'm already cooking. Like, why not have some company over? And he came over and we had a great time. It was really good. I met him on a dating app called Muzz. And we'd been talking before. We'd FaceTimed, whatever. Came over. Date was lovely. He brought me a dozen roses. Like, was... Ow. Yes. It was like we were in, like, a full-blown relationship. And this was our first time meeting. And so I had done the, the Clara for daters after, and he scored a five. <laughs> there were, for like, obvious signs that he liked me. But then I wrote in the notes, like, this man is definitely love-bombing me. Nah. And yep. that's something that, like, if we do continue to date me and this guy... I can come back and see the notes 
that I left, you know, on December 26th and be like, oh, well, he was love bombing me then. And now I'm not getting any love, you know, like people do sometimes. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I think the notes feature of the app is so cool too, because you're just able to like word vomit into the app, what you're feeling, what you're thinking in that moment, no judgment. And it helps hold you accountable because I feel like also I talk about this a lot with my friends and my clients. Women are so good at trying to make things work. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. And it's so like natural because like women are meant to be nurturing. And so we will oftentimes put a lot of effort into making a square fit into a circle. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's not always the best thing for us. (laughs) No, not at all. And I'm glad you like the notes section because per your point earlier on the prompts, the questions like the yes or no questions are just to get you thinking and when you're done with those thinking, right, that's where the real honesty comes out in the notes. And that's, I've had that same experience where this feels off, like the vibe is off. And because I'm, I'm again, I'm an anxious attachment style, um, when I'm dating people, so there's a guy last month who I went on a couple different dates with him and I was feeling the vibe shifting, like the energy was shifting and like the texting and like his follow-up for the next date. And instead of like, freaking out, which I would normally do and like text, like, Hey, what's going on? Like, you know, just like, you know, multiple texts. I go back into Clara and wrote tons of notes. Like I'm feeling Mm. weird. This is feeling odd. And it would help me. It's like, um, it's like when you're, uh, you're craving sugar, right? Like instead of going and eating all the sugar, I'm just going to go over here and release the energy in these notes. And now I have it, you know, something to hold me accountable. And then when it actually, when, when he actually communicated that, yeah, the vibe is off. Then I was like, okay, well, that made sense. I literally had like 10 notes like, in the last couple of days saying to myself, this is off. I'm already, you know, I'm into my intuition. I'm feeling it off already. So it's not a blindsidedness when he comes and it was off. My intuition was on point and it felt like not as shocking when I got it. Yeah. So let's talk <laughs> a little bit about that intuition versus data, because I think, like I said, women, we are great at making up these stories in our mind and yeah. making excuses for other people. But sometimes we just know. And so where does the data come into play? How does how do we balance those two using this app? So for me, I'm personally, and I don't know if other people are like this, but personally, I am never able to actually unlock my intuition naturally. I doesn't, I doesn't unnaturally. I can't, I mean, I, I struggle with meditation. I've done guided meditation, all that stuff. It just doesn't come naturally to me. Um, and with the data, that's the only place where I am able to experience like a level set calmness so that I can see it like a science project even, right? Like literally, like you're having observations. You're, here's your hypothesis. Here's your observations. Here's what happened. And here's your conclusion. So when I have all of that in Clara and I'm able to see all that, that's where my intuition is like unlocked and I'm able to breathe and I'm able to say, wait, something feels off. And I am worthy of more than what I'm feeling after this experiment, right? This is an experiment that I don't want to continue and I want to let go of. I want to release this experiment because it didn't serve me. And here's another experiment that I did that is interesting and it's something that feels good. And it literally allows me to sit in my feelings because I'm able to look at it in a very holistic kind of way. That makes sense. There are definitely a lot of people who don't know the difference between like if it's their intuition talking or if it's their ego and it's the fear Mm -hmm. talking so that definitely makes sense. And I think that you've come up with a beautiful way to acknowledge your intuition and, you know, look at all of the data points and say, okay, you know, maybe this person that like makes me feel excited is actually making me feel anxious. And mm-hmm. that's not great. Yeah. I think for me, um, 
when I hear, so, and I took a course about this years ago, but it was something about what happened, right? So like in all these experiences that we have, we put a narrative on, on uh, using words and feelings on what we think happened. So like, you know, it, it was traumatic. It was, um, they were being mean. There was all these feeling words that we're putting onto it. But then you go back and to actually say like what happened. And when I look at it and it said, what happened is he didn't text me back. There's no feeling to that. We don't need to put an energy onto he didn't mm. text me back. It just happened. That's what happened. And when I have it in my data as, okay, he didn't text me back. Now, what is my next action from that observation of evidence? He didn't text me back. I'm going to release this. And there's no energy to it. There's no mourning because it's, this is what happened. Now, because of this occurring, this is my release of energy this way. And it's hard. Like, I, I understand and hear people say that, you know, it's hard when you're taking your feelings out. It's extremely difficult. I'm not, yeah. I'm not like, cause it, it is, but it does, it's a little easier when you're seeing it in like a data kind of format. Um, and that's where Clara kind of helps with that too. Definitely. I feel like I talk about this sometimes on the show, but it's like that cognitive behavior of like changing a pattern, which is like, you have to change the thoughts and then you have to change the beliefs and then you change the behavior and it all like happens in a circle. And mm -hmm. it's like, you can pick up from anywhere you want, any part of the circle, but you have to address it. And yeah, it is mm -hmm. so hard to like not be fed these thoughts and feelings by our ego. Yeah. yeah. But if you, if you just look at it for what it is, it's yeah, it seems like it would be so much easier. So I think that's really great. And yeah, like I said, get, everyone should get on the app. Like if you're listening to this and like taking a walk or something, just try it out if you're dating. And you also said that we can use this app like in a relationship or when you're not yeah, dating so, someone, how does that work? Correct. So, so first of all, Clara for Daters is free. It's in the app store. So it doesn't cost anything. So like my goal is to get as many people on it as possible. Um, eventually I'll have, um, elevated services integrated into it. But at this point, I really just want people to experience it, like, and let me know how it's going. Um, we also have a Facebook group of intentional daters so that if you're having questions or thoughts on how you're reading the data and how does that look, then we're there to support you. And yes, once you get into a relationship, so this is the fun part. So you went on one date and that's fun. But as you keep going on these dates, I, I really gamified it. And I wanted, cause I wanted to have fun with it. Cause that's another element of me getting out of things anxious mood, right? Is for me to gamify it, make it a little fun. And we should be having fun when we're dating. And sometimes right. we put a lot of pressure on what the outcome is like to get married, get in a relationship instead of just enjoying the present of dating people, of meeting people, of making meaningful connections. So one of the elements of within the app is, um, first of all, if you go on multiple dates with people, the questions get harder. So date one questions are going to be completely different than date qu 10 questions with that same prospect, right? So that's that interesting. Gonna get, oh, yeah. So they're, they're going to be different every time you go on like a, the first date questions are going to be the same. So everyone first date, but if you go on a second date with the same person, third date, they're all going to change. And the questions are all around five pillars. So they're about um, determining relational safety, physical safety, emotional safety, chemistry, and values. Now, I gave you an example earlier, like in chemistry, it's not going to be like, did you find your, your prospect hot or not? It's going to be, was there a quality about your prospect that you found attractive, right? So that's kind of giving you a taste of what that chemistry kind of looks like. Um, so yeah, so if you keep going on these dates with them, right, the goal is to keep seeing how it goes and how it progresses. Now, eventually you might get into a place where you're feeling, so where everyone starts out on first dates is called tryouts. So you're actually able to put the status of where your prospect is in, in your heart. And this is personal. Claire is never going to tell you, okay, like put them over to commit it. It's up to you, right? You, I want you guys to, you're your own love scientist. Um, I never want to tell you what's good for you, what's bad for you. All I'm doing is putting the information out there and you kind of decide what you do with that information. 
Um, so anyway, say you're on like date six with this guy and you're like, you know what? This is feeling good. I'm going to like, I'm, I'm feeling that it's heated up. It's feeling, it feels good. He's been, we've been going on dates. I feel like there's lots of 10. So I'm going to actually move him to the lineup, right? So lineup is just one step above tryouts. So and maybe there's like two guys in the lineup. Maybe, and these are the guys that you're actively like, they're in the lineup. We're going to, we'll put them in the game. We're going to see if it works. And then if you have two guys in the lineup, eventually maybe, um, you're like, okay, well, this one's really pulling ahead and I'm going to push it to committed. And once you're committed, you, you keep dating the person. Like you, they always say, even if you're married, never stop dating your partner. Right. And I have, my best friend is, um, engaged and she, she goes, she's logging her dates in this. Right. Um, cause it's about keeping track of your, your own dating life too. And the beautiful thing, which I didn't mention is it's also keeping track of where you went on dates. So for example, like the data that I have, it like shows me like my favorite date night places are at a restaurant called South of the Mix. Cause I like, I have the best mood when I go there, but it keeps tracks of everything. So like, if most of your dates were hiking or most of your dates are restaurants or most of your dates are bowling and kind of keeping organized that way. Um, and I have people who are in relationships, like they, they text me and they're like, Jillian, I don't want to admit this, but it's been like four months since I logged a date with Clara. I, I don't think I'm like, I probably should be going on more dates with my husband. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Um, so it also just keeps you accountable to really scheduling date nights too, because you, you pay attention to it in that way. That's awesome. I love that because yeah, sometimes I get asked on like weird dates that like, this is a completely different episode, but like I'll get asked on like coffee dates or like, yeah. let's go take a walk. Let's get a smoothie. I'm not that kind of girl. But well, also, and you know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I know that about me, but also I've never tried it. I don't want to, I'm not interested, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah it, it kind of puts into perspective too. Like, are you, are you trying new things with this person? And is like that what makes it fun? Like, for example, I went on a first date with a guy and we had no plans. The plans were just like, let's get a drink. And yeah. we ended up getting a drink and he's like, do you want to go to a Laker game? And I live down the block from the crypto arena. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And so we just like, we're at the bar getting tickets to the Lakers. And we ended up just walking over there and doing that. And that was such a fun date because it was spontaneous and not planned. Um, but also like this, I got to try something new. And this was a first date. This was a first date. Yeah. See, and this is why it's so important for us to review our data ourselves because what you just described would be hell for me. Like I could not, that's too spontaneous. <laughs> like a first date at so many hours with, I don't even know, like this, that would be not a good thing for me. And that's where data, this is where Clara is just for you to understand your own data. Cause now right. Rachel knows like, this is something spontaneous. I'm going to seek spontaneous dates. My first date. I am not that person. Like someone right. wants to do these. I, I remember a date, they wanted to do escape room and I hated that first date. Like it was, it gave me so much anxiety. No, it wasn't good for me at all. Like, I don't know you. I don't, I don't want to be judged by like, I mean, not understanding the clues. I don't want to judge you for not understanding the clues, but that's where Clara is so beautiful because everyone's logging their information and they're figuring it out themselves. And that's, that's a beautiful thing because we're all unique and we can take advice from everyone and we should. But the reality is it's about you and what works for you. And that's only going to be told and like shared and honest when it comes from you, directly you. As long as you're being honest with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But yeah. yeah, and definitely, yeah, would recommend doing what feels comfortable for you. Um, so we talked about like getting into sort of these like spirals in our mind and the stories that we make up um, and having that data in front of you with Clara is really helpful but when do you think it comes time to like bring up some of the data points that we've hit on? If like there is no chemistry or like your values aren't aligning, is it something that you feel like you need to have a conversation with him? Like first date, Hey, you scored a five. <laughs> or is it something that maybe like we wait, like what are your, your thoughts here on just communication in general with talking to your dates? 
So it's extremely tricky for me because it's what I do. So obviously like it comes up, but with my users, I would recommend not talking about it. This is personally for you and it's something that comes up for you and you should keep it to yourself, um, right. especially for the first couple of dates. Um, eventually, so what I did um, back in, I think I March, um, I do, that's not to say I don't address things that I discover when I'm reflecting. So right. I went on a date with a guy and um, I was really upset because he put so much low effort into the date. And it was like a third or fourth date. And I felt it was very low effort. And I was frustrated the whole day because it felt like he didn't even, like the place that we were going to, he didn't check out the parking. I felt unsafe going to it. Like there just was stuff that I just didn't feel safe um, in any category of that. Um, and it, I wrote it all out at Claire. Afterwards, I was like, I wrote everything out. Like I was frustrated everything. And he was a nice guy. I was like, how did this happen? So I didn't go and tell him like, this date like sucked and you scored a four. <laughs> I instead, yeah. Instead, I called him up and I said, hey, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, you're still interested in getting to know me and you're still into me. And he's like, yeah, why? I said, because I felt like this date was very, like, it just wasn't planned very well. Like, it, it didn't feel like you put a lot of effort into it. I felt very insecure and not safe. And I was, I was questioning whether or not you are liking me if this was the level of care that you were putting into this. And he was shocked. Um, like he was like, oh man, like he didn't, he was being careless about it. He didn't think about it. And he admitted that and he apologized. And then the next date reservation, made sure there was parking, flowers in, with, in hand, like detailed his car, like all this stuff was done. Aww. So, it, so it gave me the courage to kind of have an uncomfortable conversation. And I talked about me being an anxious person. I'm also a bit of a people pleaser. And that's something that I have to deal with as well. So when I saw all this data, I actually felt empowered to address it as opposed to right. my people pleaser self would have been like, okay, I'm just going to let it go because he seems like he's a nice guy. And what does that lead into? Like further resentment and bad behavior down the line instead of addressing it. And this having this data in Clara showing me so clearly, like this is something I need to address, gave me, empowered me enough to have the conversation. Yeah. Wow. I love that because sometimes it's it's great to observe the data, but then other times... Yeah, like you said, you felt empowered. And I think that that would make anyone feel empowered. It's like, you know, it's not just how you feel. You have the actual science behind, no, there's reasons I feel this way. Like, and it, yeah. it's validating, especially as, as a woman dating today. Um, I don't know where most of my listeners are in the United States, at least, but dating in LA is like infamously hard. And mm -hmm. like I said, we're trying to like fit a circle into a square sometimes. And mm -hmm. I think instead of doing that, having something that gives us concrete evidence of mm -hmm. like that this is not how we feel or like this is how we feel it's right it's wrong and we're able to like really go into the addressing mode and just be like here you go lay it all yep. lay it all out and on the line and you should never feel uncomfortable to do that especially the first few dates or like maybe not the first few dates but like you know it's it's a balance between standing up for yourself and what you want and also like chill with the anxious, you know, um, do you, speaking of that, do you have anything to say about like the different attachment styles and maybe there's one attachment style that works best on Clara and one that does, doesn't, or I don't know. I think, um, so all attachment styles are, are welcome on Clara, just like all relationship preferences, all sexualities, all, all everything, everything is part of Clara. Cause the only thing Clara is trying to help you determine is if it's a meaningful connection, that's it. And that's up to you. So you can date a three over and over again. And that's still your decision. But, you know, it's just putting the information out there that you keep going on dates with three. Um, but in terms of attachment styles, I think 
and everything they've read in the book, I have like the book attached. Um, there's other podcasters I've heard that talk about attachment styles. And really it's just about, it's information for you to understand about yourself and then just being super intentional on what happened in every circumstance. And that's mm-hmm. what Claire for Daters helps you do, right? Like I'm an anxious attachment style. I understand that about myself. And sometimes I get more secure because I hopefully you get more secure when you're in a, in a confident relationship and a secure relationship. But in general, I'm, I'm pretty much anxious attachment style. With Clara, it just helps you identify like what's anxious and what's not. Um, and the same with avoidant, right? You can, you can still use Clara or with an avoidant attachment style in that, oh, you know, I'm not feeling like I want to spend so much time with this person. And then you're looking at the data and you're like, well, I haven't actually spent a lot of time with this person. Or they're asking, this is what they're asking for. Is this something that I feel okay giving? Right. So even you're, you're looking at the data instead of I feel like they're smothering me. It's, you know what? I'm looking at the data and they're not actually smothering me. They're just asking for a consistent connection. Right. And that's something that helps you kind of jump into that, to that piece. Uh, but we know this about ourselves. Like that's the thing about, um, why I got into this industry because I read after my breakup, I read all these books. I read the Jay Shetty, eight rules of love, which I love that book. Um, I read all the attached, all these different books, How Not to Die Alone, Logan Uri, and I wanted to understand it. But the problem was you read all these books. It's just like dieting books. You read all the, di- the books and then, you know, when the feast comes or whatever, the buffet, you're like, well, that looks good. And you do all the bad habits, right? right? And it's, it's not about that. It's about being consistent and actionable in this. And that's where I needed a Clara for daters help me be consistent and actionable to all the stuff that I learned from all those books. Cause I'm not, I mean, those people are brilliant and I applaud all of what they said. All I'm doing is applying something actionable to what they already said. So it helps, and it helps me in a, in a way. I hope it helps others. I luckily I have heard it's helped others so far and I just look forward to hearing more success stories, but it's not just for women too. It's also men. So I've heard on the other side, men who are super in their head, like maybe a little bit more analytical, maybe, um, they get distracted easily. Maybe they suffer from ADHD. They actually use the app as well. Ooh, that's great. I feel like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to put everyone on this app is so great. I, I had so much fun doing it and I only did it once. And now you're saying like, oh, there's different questions. And I'm like, oh, now I want to go on another date and go on a date again. And so even in that way where it's like, yeah, dating is scary. If you have that mindset, if you have a super fun mindset about it and Clara for daters does make it more fun, then it takes away some of that pressure. Um, yeah. But I like what you said about reading all the books. Cause I feel like it's that way with healing too, where when I first got on my healing journey and I knew that I could do this myself, I was reading all of the books and I still love to read and it's, a, it's great but there's so much knowledge up here that it's hard to like come up with an action plan. And like you said, hold yourself accountable when the feast comes kind of thing, because it's like, it's almost like too much information overload where then you get like Mm -hmm. analysis paralysis and there's just like so much. So I think that you've done a great job of making it really easy. And I mean, I, I just love this whole conversation because we've just talked about holding yourself accountable and being empowered in dating And I've talked to so many of my friends and clients about this. And we always try and hold ourselves accountable to, do you really like him? Like, you know, it's, it's not about like, oh my God, he did this for me. He did that for me. Like, it was so great. It's like, do you actually like him as a person? And Mm -hmm. sometimes we get so wrapped up in like the fun of the date or in like making sure he likes us and like doing our hair and our makeup and, you know, making sure that we say the right things. And then we have to like give ourselves like a reality check and take a step back and be like, do I actually like him? Yeah. And yeah, it, it just is so empowering in that way. Yeah. Well, and very much so on how you feel around him over many times. So Esther Perel says it amazingly. It's like you get to know someone under different circumstances over a long period of time, right? 
And in order to do that, you have to feel how you're around them. And I, I think like a great exercise is like doing this with your best friend. Like just think about your best friend. How do they make you feel when they're around you? So my best friend, she makes me feel smart. She makes me feel important. She makes me feel loved. She makes me feel safe. She makes me feel all these things. So my goal is to find that in a partner, all those feelings. And how do I do that? Is I am intentional about logging after every day. Am I feeling those things around them? So is it, it's liking them. Yes, 100%. Do I like them? But it's how do I, how do they make me feel when I'm around them? And do I like myself when I'm around them? How do, how does that feel? Because when I was with my ex, I know I, I got into this pattern of waiting for him to come home and wondering to myself, is he going to be in a good mood or is he in a bad mood? Because if he's in a bad mood, I'm going to make him a good mood. And if he's a, or if you make him a good mood and if he's a, in a, or in a good mood, then I'm going to make it an even better mood. And that was not about me. That wasn't about how I felt around him. That was me trying to fix something and finding a joy in that. But it was actually something that was an unhealthy pattern that I really should have been releasing even before I found out about all the cheating and whatnot. But I didn't recognize it in that moment to realize that that was an unhealthy pattern that I was kind of picking up in our relationship. Yeah, I, I'm so excited because I think that like you you had said like, oh, like, how do you feel around your friends? And I'm like, oh, like maybe... I should start using Clara for daters for friends too. Like, because um, something that I talk a lot about with other women is like, we have to support each other. And mm -hmm. unfortunately there's a lot of either like cattiness or fake friendship or just friendship that exists because like, I don't know, you guys go to the same places or like the same things. And it's like, it's not a more intentional friendship that like mm -hmm. has that communication level or has like the honesty or the trust or the safety or the, you know, whatever. There's, there's tons of friendships that are very surface level. And so I'm just thinking like, hmm, maybe I can use this, this app with my friends too. You absolutely can. People have suggested that too, in terms of a builder and you know, building it out. But yeah, yeah, the questions are pretty generic in that it's, again, the only thing that I'm helping you guys figure out is, is this a meaningful connection? And it's so important right now because I know everyone's heard about the loneliness epidemic that we're suffering in the U.S. It's a loneliness and self-isolation epidemic. It was in the U.S., um, the surge general surgeon put it out there, but it's also a World Health Organization um, initiative. Really? And actually, yeah. And they actually created a social connection commission to help or solve the World Health Organization, like epidemic kind of thing that they're communicating. And what that is, and it's crazy to me. So when it came out, it came out over the summer and there's been more news about it um, more recently because the dating apps are trying to figure out how it works too. But the problem is I'm seeing, right? It's crazy to me because what, how is there a loneliness epidemic in a world that we've never had as many opportunities to connect with people? And those are digital interactions, right? Social media, digital interaction, dating apps, digital interactions. And the reality is all those digital interactions are not actually fulfilling us as humans because they're not meaningful connections. And that's the problem. So all these dating apps, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, like a naysayer on dating apps. I think they're a tool. I think they're a lead source. I think it's something like you, you don't want to not do dating apps because it's a, it's a potential lead source. You have other lead sources, your friends, your parents, you know, setting you up, your church, whatever that looks like for you. You have other lead sources, but that's one of them. The problem is we're not focused on what happens after the match. No one's paying attention to that. So we have all these digital interactions and quick, you know, first dates or just messaging back and forth. So many people tell me they don't even get to a date stage. And my thing is I want to focus on what happens after the date. How do we actually make the meaningful connection after date one, date two, date three? And no one's focusing on that. And that's really my niche on where I want to focus all my energy. I think there's a huge group of people who really are wanting a meaningful connection, but they don't know how to go about like identifying it and pursuing it and leaving the unhealthy ones away. Yeah. 
And what about fostering a meaningful connection? Because as you brought up this whole loneliness epidemic, I was thinking about, I don't know how true this is, but there was a study that came out also over the summer that was like, men are having less sex. Like, and so it got me thinking and I was like, well, that's because like women are holding themselves to like a little bit of a different standard nowadays. And it's like, there's so many, not criteria, but like, I, I guess you could call it criteria as long as it's like in a positive way where it's like, we're not just sleeping around or maybe we are, but like, we're trying to do it intentionally or like empowering ourselves to like be sexually open. And it just makes me think like women are a lot more like selective about not, not dating man children or like, you know, sleeping with them or whatever. So yeah, I feel like I, I made the connection between those two studies. Yeah. I think there's an accountability piece that needs to occur with men too, because the reality is, and as I heard this from dating apps, talking to them as I built Clara is everyone, everyone is on these dating apps or in social media and everyone's looking for the top 10% of whatever that looks like. It's so easy. There's so many just ways to get distracted, think there's something better. It's like DoorDash occurred and now we're all having all these options. It's accessible, it's affordable. And honestly, it's just, we gotta stop. We, until we have that, you know, Ozempic pill for love, we're never gonna be able to have to, we have to figure out how to satiate, you know, how we're doing in that love category ourselves and be just super intentional and intuitive in our dating. Yeah, it, it's funny that you just said that because I was thinking about like, I feel like I hear a lot like, oh, the grass is greener, like, and that's a lot of things that women are experiencing. And like, it's a problem with a lot of women I speak to is like, they're like, oh, you know, she's prettier or like, you know, she's got a better job than me or like, he's always going to be looking for the next best thing. And I, I want to hear like what you think on that, because it's like, no, it's not always true, but also it depends on, it, it could be true for some people. Like it could be true that the man you pick is always going to be looking or the partner you mm -hmm. pick, I, I use man because a lot of my clients are straight women, but um, yeah, it kind of depends on the partner that you pick. And if your partner is going to be looking somewhere else or like, you know, secretly on dating apps, looking for the next best thing, or if you're picking a partner that, you know, has the same intention and values and is aligning with you. And that's the hard part because you're only able to determine that over a long period of time and under different circumstances. Cause you're right. It has to be aligned with you in values. Are you guys going in the same direction? Right. And again, it's communicating those things that come up. Like we see it often in all those Facebook groups, like my guy's on social media and he's liking everything. If that's something that you're uncomfortable with, you need to communicate that, right? And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, does, you know, being on social media and liking all these things, does that mean more than the peace of mind of my partner? And that's the decision that he has to make as a partner and you have to accept as either accept or, you know, move on in a partner. And that's a hard conversation to have. But the reality is it's super important. And it's not just that, it's other circumstances. Like I'm uncomfortable with this. I, I need this. And the more you're honest early on, especially for my people pleasers out there, like you have to be communicative really early on. I went on a first date the other day um, or second date or something, I think first or second. And he was communicating to me that um, he had his exes following him on social media. And that's uncomfortable for me. Like that's something that I feel uncomfortable about in general. And I didn't say it. And I, I regretted not saying it in that moment. Cause even though like, I, I was like, is that me trying to like make sure there's a third date? And that's, that doesn't serve anyone at all. That doesn't serve me. That doesn't serve him. Cause if this is something that I'm uncomfortable with, he doesn't have to like delete his exes in that moment. It's a second date, but at least I laid the foundation that I don't feel comfortable with this as a person. It's something that I'm not aligned with in terms of value. And he can chew on it as we keep getting to know each other. Right. And then it's not a shock if we get end up in a relationship. When I say, hey, as I communicated early on in my values, this is something that I'm uncomfortable with. 
I would like you to not follow your ex or your ex does not follow you anymore. And then it's not a shock. It's not a blind sight. It's something mm-hmm. that's always been communicative. But it's hard because sometimes we get in that people-pleasing mode, especially early on in the dating phase. And we shouldn't do that. We need to communicate honestly and authentically the whole time about how we're feeling, especially when it pertains to our values. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the feminine energy comes in um, mm-hmm. because you, you hear data and you might not think feminine energy and usually the masculine is like more analytical, but what you do with the data is the feminine part of it. And it's like, that's you communicating boundaries and like asserting yourself and, you know, maybe kind of going with the flow or just like letting things, you know, grow organically because, you know, the data is telling you to do so, or, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe it's telling you not to, and maybe you have to like cut people off and assert yourself in that way. And I think that it's, it's kind of marrying the two, which I really love um, because yeah, we can't all be in our feminine 100% of the time. And mm-hmm. that, that wouldn't be conducive or helpful to anyone because then we yeah. would just go on a bunch of meaningless dates and <laughs> pray that, you know, we find someone who will like feed us grapes in a field. And while that sounds amazing, it's like, what what are the traits? What are the qualities that I'm looking for? And what qualities does this person have that, you know, align with that? And it's it's a scary thing to like communicate your needs and to be honest, but like you said, like if you have that data in front of you, it's so empowering to do that. And, you know, we're just empowering women to like have their standards and stand up for themselves and um, not to be afraid to speak up. And I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really hope that others feel this way too. Cause that's, I mean, it's, it's personally, I created this app because I was having a personal problem and I'm still going through it. I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. dating. Um, but if others can have this kind of experience and, and learn from themselves, I'm so excited for that opportunity and potential that it could occur. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about where we can get the app or how we can find out more about Clara? So Clara for Daters is free in the app store. As soon as I get um, a certain amount of users, I'm going to bring it to Android. But uh, currently, it's just in the app store. It's Clara for Daters. You have to spell out four F-O-R Daters, um, three words. And you'll see it in the app store, it's under like, it says like intentional um, dating journal app. Um, it's free and every element is free. So you can find it there. Um, we're also on social media on Instagram, Clara for daters. And you can follow along that community. We, we do some fun memes here and there. And then I'm, I'm also on Instagram, um, Jillian Romero Chavez. And I'm, you know, I'll answer the stuff that we create is really about, you know, you know, how I'm feeling as a dater or what I'm picking up on. I love suggestions on things on how you're feeling and comments. But I'm pretty responsive on all those platforms. So Clara for Daters on Instagram and then Jillian Romero Chavez on Instagram. And then in the app store, Clara for Daters is free. Yay. Awesome. I'm I'm going to plug it and I will put the links in the description for anyone that is interested. Jillian, do you have anything else to add before we end today's episode? No, I'm so happy again to be here. Um, like in the future, my hope is to really have some meetups where we're talking about how we're feeling about our dating life. That was our first kind of um, symposium that we did for Clara back in October. Um, but my goal is to really get to that place. And I love meeting, um, coaches like you and in this space who like really bring an element of like what's going on because the data is just the tool to support you. It's you doing that work and then really sitting with what you're learning about the data, that intuitiveness that comes out. And sometimes like reflecting with a coach is really helpful because as though we can, I can reflect all day long on the data by myself bringing it to a coach and talking to someone about like what occurred and reviewing it, that information together is also another powerful, powerful element to use um, in your guys' journeys. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that as a coach and I hope to come to your uh, next event. Like I said, I will put Jillian's links and the Clara for daters link in the description and uh, you can feel free to reach out to 
her on Instagram. But uh, thank you, Jillian, for being here. It's been so much fun chatting with you. And um, yeah, I, I hope that everyone listening got something good from this episode. I know I did, and it's been so fun. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right, this is the Dangerously Divine Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.